Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome, everybody, to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And as you know, we talk about four different types of freedom, time, financial, location, health freedom, and in that light, I'm always interviewing entrepreneurs, people on the leading edge of thought leadership, changing the world. So today we have John Ball, and he's actually a podcast presentation coach and show host. He's also a speaker, and so he's calling in from Spain. And so today he's going to be talking about business coaching, um, pod, and it's going to be a fantastic conversation. So uh, without much ado, welcome to the show, John. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, I know uh, we had connected through Podmatch. So tell us a little bit about you know yourself and how you got started. Uh, how I got started as an entrepreneur was uh, really just looking for some more meaning in my life. And I'd been introduced to the concept of coaching years ago and knew that it was something I really wanted to do. Wish I'd heard about it when I was at school and I started studying. I certified as a coach and started working with people. Things just snowballed from there. So everything started once I got into coaching. I started working for some personal development companies, some of them I still work for. And beyond that, I started getting into things like podcasting and a whole bunch of other stuff as well. But it, it all started with somebody planting the seeds and inspiring me to get into coaching. Excellent. And uh, so what's interesting is um, you you dub yourself as a uh, podcast presentation coach. And um, I'm always on the lookout for new terminologies, uh, new ideas, concepts. What Tell us what all that is and what it entails. My goal really in what I do is to help people be able to go on podcasts as guests and even as hosts as well and be able to be clear, concise, confident and charismatic when they're delivering whoever the audience is that they're in front of as they would want to be with public speaking that have the same kind of effects in podcasting. Very often people are giving glib answers to things or the same answers over and over again. And the energy isn't there. The excitement isn't there. It's just kind of feels like a, a chat that isn't that interesting to listen into. So I want to help people be able to turn that around to be someone that people want to listen to and be able to maximize the opportunities that come, especially through podcasting as a guest and as a host. So, um, so tell us, uh, you know, like um what is um what are some of the most common 
presentation mistakes podcast hosts and guests also do? There's a lot and there's nothing wrong with them because I've probably made most of them myself as well on my own journey. It's just, you know, sometimes we don't know what we don't know. One of the biggest things is taking being a little bit self-indulgent, taking too long to get to the meat of things and really just sort of diving into it. And very often the podcast shows will often start with the question of tell us a bit about yourself. Now, for some people, that's going to be a fairly concise answer. They've already practiced it. They're going to give you a bit of an elevator pitch. But for some people, that's going to be their whole life story. And it's going to be a, a big, long, drawn out thing that you're going to be tuning out from. And this is what you have to remember. Uh, your, your podcast audience is not invested in you yet, especially at the start of the show. So if they're already getting bored, you're going to start looking, well, maybe there's another episode I can listen to or someone else's podcast. That is the last thing that you want. And it's the last thing you want as a host as well, is to be listening to somebody droning on and not paying attention. So that's a big one. Uh, so that's probably one of the things I hear in podcasts over and over again. I've done it myself, so I know that this is an easy mistake to make. Yeah, it's um, and uh, so do you think um, basically charisma being in front of the camera, being naturally, can someone learn that, or um, is it something that can be honed? It can absolutely be learned, and it's something that. It only really is going to come with practice and experience and potentially you know, if you want to speed up that journey with some coaching and guidance, but absolutely it can be learned. You might come across as the least charismatic person right now, and that can that can all be changed just by choosing to make the effort. I've, I've worked with uh, in years with the Toastmasters organization, the public speaking group as well, and certainly seen people uh, blossom and flower into some charisma there as they start to develop their confidence. Like there's a whole bunch of things that really come into what charisma is and they can be developed, but they can also be sped up as well along that journey. And not to turn everyone into like narcissists or anything like that, but to really just be more engaging, more energetic, more alive when you're in conversation with somebody else. Yeah. Uh, one one thing is uh, what was interesting is you uh, you talk about narcissist and um, and uh, what's inter- uh, you know this narcissistic term gets thrown around a lot, but you talk about charisma for non. Are you saying that non narcissists are not naturally charismatic? The reason I say that is because charisma is a trait that is often associated with narcissism, <laughs> and and so uh, the the two things are not completely completely unrelated. If you you only have to look at things like cult leaders, for example, to sort of see whether it's a religious cult, political cult, or any other kind of cult, um, the leaders tend to be very charismatic people. In fact, if they weren't people wouldn't really follow them. And there's a huge amount of narcissism that goes with that, as well as a whole bunch of stuff that we're not going to get into here. But uh, it's just one of those qualities that tends to be associated with that kind of thing. But it doesn't have to be. We all have the ability to have some charisma. And if you're going to be putting yourself out into the world uh, in video or audio or any format where you're being interviewed or presenting yourself, even as a public speaker, it's essential that you come across with some with some character, some charisma, some energy in what you do, and that's what a lot of people are lacking. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah, it's quite you know, it's basically like um, it's a tool, right? So tools can be used for good, can be bad. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. 
Go ahead. Yeah, as I say, well, I'm, I, I studied neurolinguistic programming and hypnosis and those kinds of things. And, and again, those are things that, you know, I mean, it's harder, I think, to use them for nefarious purposes, but people do. You know, there are people out there teaching well, some, some stuff that I find a bit sleazy with relations to uh, using NLP and hypnosis techniques to get bed as many people as they can in as short a time as possible or that kind of thing. It's like, okay, I mean, maybe for them, there's no ethical issue there. For me, I don't like that. And I think it's a misuse of those kinds of tools, but used properly, they can be very therapeutic and very powerful and empowering for people uh, done in the right way. And it's the same here. Like, um, if you're only, if you're only tools a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? But having a wide variety of tools available to you allows you a lot more possibilities to build different things. But I always hope to teach what I teach for ethical usage for people who want to put good stuff into the world it's a prerequisite for me working with people that uh, they have a mission that they have a heart-centered mission that they want to help people yeah yeah it's all in the end it's all about influence and persuasion and um uh one thing you talk about is basically uh podcasting advantage we'll talk about blogging as well as podcasting but um tell us the about podcast advantage for business coaches I think right now there is a huge opportunity in podcasting more than there, there ever has been because so many people have them now and are recognizing that there is an opportunity for people to get to know you. We, we are in a world where relationship marketing is becoming a much bigger deal than it ever has been before. So establishing relationships with your ideal audience is a critical thing to be able to do. And not everyone can afford to do that through masses of videos and Facebook ads. And so this is something like podcasting is a very cost effective way, although not always the most time effective way, but certainly a cost effective way of being able to get yourself in front of audiences of people who are potentially your ideal clients and be able to start that conversation and have thinking, all right, this person is interesting. They have something I'm interested in hearing about or the alternative of that, oh, I'm not really interested in this, so I'm not going to look for another episode. We, we want that, you know, magnets repel and retract, and, and so we want to be on here as a way to, to do exactly that, uh, attract the audiences uh, and the perfect future clients that we'd like to work with and repel those that we don't. And podcasting puts us in a position to be able to do that as a guest and as a host, if we choose to do that too. And so, you know, it's really interesting because I, I tell clients and everybody, if you missed out YouTube, you know, YouTube's really hard to get followers now, but in the beginning, it was really easy. Instagram too, now, you know, now, but now people are flocking to like podcasting this untapped resource. And, you know, if you missed out on the previous, you can really uh, create a brand and a following. Talk about blogging as a way of augmenting your podcast. Uh, blogging is something that I got into simply because I enjoy writing, not because I thought, not because I thought there was any great tactical benefit in it. I, I just really wanted to practice my writing. And then last year, uh, I think it was last year, anyway, the start of last year, LinkedIn opened up the uh, capability to do newsletters on the website. And I thought, well, what the heck? I, I think I'm going to do a, a LinkedIn newsletter. So you know, just over a year later, I'm still doing it. Haven't necessarily been as weekly as I would have liked to have been uh, due to various things, but uh, I, I certainly have enjoyed the process. My, my writing is improving. So for me, I still think there's 
power it in blogging. I, I haven't accessed that yet, perhaps. I'm still uh, still mastering my craft there. But what I do find is it, 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 it mixes very nicely with the podcasting. So I, I get to write about some of the stuff that I'm talking about or explore some topics in a little more detail and to add some more value to the people who may already be tuning into my show or following me online as well. Uh, what's what's interesting is like I view like, for example, like the podcast, that's your show, right? And then you can have like, for example, like blogs, you can have Instagram, um, like a newsletter, you know, whatever. And then that basically adds more value and it can funnel into your podcast and, you know, it's snowball effect. Yeah. Yeah, for, for me, it's a way to be more present on a site like LinkedIn, which is for me is where a lot of my ideal, perfect future clients already are. And so that's a good thing to have, like, not that many people want to make that kind of effort of having a weekly newsletter that's going out, you know, my, I see my numbers creeping up slowly, but they are creeping up. And, and that's uh, encouraging for me that people are enjoying what I'm writing. And it maybe signifies that, you know, more people are sharing that and checking that out. But yeah. one thing I do believe uh, as a, as an entrepreneur, as a business person, although I don't often think of myself as an entrepreneur, I guess, but um, as a business person, I do think these days um, it's getting harder and harder to compete with for ads and be getting people finding the less reward for what they're spending out because there's so much more competition and the prices just keep getting crazy. You paying more and getting less. And so I do think strategies like um, podcasting and having a good email list are probably two of the most solid things you can do to be building your list kind of on your own terms. And certainly if you have your own show, it's, it's on your own territory. If you have your own email list, it's, it's your own land, your own virtual land, as it were, rather than in some, on someone else's land where it could be shut down and you can't do anything about it. And having podcast interviews all over the place as well increases ubiquity. Because I can say it takes about uh, seven points of contact for people to start to develop that level of trust with you. Mm. And so if, you, if they can't come into contact with you on several different podcasts, they're going to be, oh, this person's you know, getting interviewed a lot. They're, they're around. They're talking about some stuff that is interesting to hear about. And this is where I think is the biggest opportunity for people right now. You don't have to be on that social media hustle. You don't have to be creating content all the time, paying a fortune on ads. You can have other people promoting you and your talking points and your content, introducing you to their audiences and build up an email list while you do that. This is one of the most valuable things that you can have as a business owner, as an entrepreneur. Yeah. And like you see, you were mentioning LinkedIn, a uh, really untapped resource. You know, everybody's talking about Instagram and TikTok, you know, LinkedIn is the, it's the world where all the professionals and business owners, creators come. So it's, you know, really untapped. So these are very uh, fascinating topics. One thing is, uh, if you, you know, if you were had to, uh, you know, do it over again, would you start as being a guest or a host? Um, yeah, uh, that's a great question. I, I, I'm happy you asked that. Uh, it's the advice that I give, and I have been getting some pushback from a few people recently, so I'm looking forward to having a few chats about this with some people who disagree with me. But uh, I do now think it's far better to start out as a guest than a host. Mm. Uh, it's it's much less work. You can figure out your messaging. Like One of the things that I, I have benefited from personally as being a guest is getting to get much clearer, much more concise about my message, about what I'm about and about making sure that that's actually connecting with people in the right way. So I think certainly some of my earlier podcast appearances, that's very mixed up and, and it's not very clear. 
And so I had to do that. So I, you know, I made, I've made a lot of mistakes along this way, but I still think guesting is the, a great way to do that. A great way to um, discover whether you like podcasting or not, because podcasting, having your own show, it does require some work. It does require some significant commitment. I'm not saying podcast guesting doesn't, if you're doing it right, but far less, you know, it's, it's far less of a commitment and uh, you're not necessarily so responsible for promoting those appearances then and having to do all the all the work or uh, doing all the editing and promotion yourself or hiring other people to do that however you tend to choose to go about it so yeah i think it's an, a much easier path to take and uh, and get in front of those audiences and start networking in the world of podcasting as well and get advice from podcasters if you are looking to start your own show yeah yeah and you know people you talked about advice um you know if there were anything that you could do differently now um what would you do differently or what would you recommend oh boy and you know i guess we all think about those times if we could go back in time and change things what would we do differently i my my general answer is i I wouldn't change a thing i I mean yeah there were things i would like to be different but i actually wouldn't change a thing in my path but if 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 i was looking to go back and make some big improvement uh, it would really just be to go back in around 2012 when i first did a podcast and tell myself to stick with it instead of giving up after six episodes that would be that would be the one the big thing i'd like to do yeah stick with it i think the first year or so is just kind of a hobby and now it's because it's starts to build momentum. It's very interesting conversation. How do people um, follow you, check out your podcast, website, social media, etc.? Uh, my podcast is called Podfluence, so it's very easy to find, like uh, Podcast and Influence, Podfluence, a support mentor. Um, search for that on LinkedIn as well. You'll find me there too. You'll find the Podfluence weekly newsletter. That's a good way to find me because there are a lot of John Balls in the world. So it's hard to search for me. It's hard to search for me by name. But if you search for Podfluence or Podfluence weekly on LinkedIn, that's a great place to connect with me. I hang out there a lot. I'm also on, on Twitter a lot, but LinkedIn is the very place. And if you want to listen to the podcast, it's on all the major podcast networks. And for all the listeners out there, be sure to check out Uh, john's resources they'll be in the links and show notes uh check him out on linkedin and twitter his podcast is titled pod fluence uh it's got over 100 episodes and uh with that thanks so much for coming on to the podcast and what a great fantastic discussion it's been a pleasure thank you another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next week.